On this episode of the Fun Football Podcast, we have a new guest host from Shots from the Sideline, Med Smith. This episode was awesome. It was our longest one, but it was an absolute blast. We go over a few of the big games. We did Bills Chiefs. We did Seahawks 49ers. We did Bears Lions. Big Bears upset. And we obviously talk Cowboys Eagles. We ran through some big NFL questions on this episode, and we also talked um, divisional races, and I'm a big Packers fan, he's Bears, so we threw that in too. Um, and we did top five teams from each conference, it was a lot of fun. Check out Shots from the Sideline, they are on Spotify, Apple, um, iHeartRadio, everywhere you get your podcasts, and we are only four subscribers away on YouTube. There are two more episodes coming this week. If we hit 50, we'll make them live and it'd be so much fun. On Wednesday with Bill, we're going to do our pickums for week uh, 14. No, sorry, week 15 of the NFL. Just crazy. And then on Thursday, we have a special episode, one time college football pickum, all 42 bowl games. It'll be, if it's live, we'll just do one long episode. But otherwise, it'll be, it may be a two parter because there's 42 bowl games. But, yeah. but I just want to say thank you to everyone for listening. We had almost 400 listens on with on just audio, and all the YouTube stuff has just been awesome and blown up. Follow on X, um, TikTok, not Snapchat, but Facebook, Instagram. Um, there's going to continue to be polls on Facebook next. And I appreciate y'all for listening. And here it is. With no further ado, here's episode 23, first guest host. And the video will also be up on YouTube. With Shots from the Sideline, here's episode 23 of the Fun Football Podcast. And I'm here on the next episode of the Fun Football Podcast. And I've got Med here uh, from Shots from the Sideline. This is episode 23, if you can believe it. And the first video show in the first show period with another guest that will be on with two episodes later this week. This will be a triple header week, which is exciting. On Wednesday, me and Bill will be doing our week 15, if you can believe it, our pick em. And then we've got a college football special. We're going to do all the bowl games on Thursday. But uh, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing great. How you doing today, brother? Great. So on my end, just so you know, this is really unfortunate. It happened the other day. The video cuts out when i start recording on skype so i can't see you but i can hear you can you still see me yeah same here uh if if they don't see it then they won't see the enormous bears uh logo in the background so (laughs) no it works the video will work later on so for all the listeners they can still see the video and this will be up on youtube and uh yeah all right so uh why don't you tell everybody about your show a little bit So my name is Matt Smith. I am the host of Shots from the Sideline. We're a little uh, podcast that is out of South Carolina. I have a co-host with me who's an Atlanta Falcons fan, Seth Foster. He's not here at the moment. We've been doing this for maybe a few months, so we're still relatively new. We had to stop for a little bit, a little background on me, of course, Bears fan. Uh, Only one in the family, believe it or not. (laughs) So... But, uh, you know, it's been a, it's a pleasure to be on here with you today. I appreciate you uh, giving me the time to actually come out here and talk to some football with you. Cool, man. I'm excited. This is going to be a really fun show. Um, for my people, uh, for listeners, we are not going to do a ton of fantasy. But 
good news. I'm going to release some fantasy shorts through the week. Um, preview next week and I'm going to do some like big winners. Um, probably tomorrow actually in a little short, like three to five minutes. So, um, okay. I mean, we got to start with it on, <laughs> on Twitter. I ran some polls, uh, med on the, co- right. the Cowboys and we're going to get into the big picture question on the implications, but I got to know, what did you make of that game last night? Basically the same thing that the rest of America saw. You saw a team that really exposed the Philadelphia Eagles. They were already exposed from what was going on after the San Francisco game. And the fact that, you know, they were able to contain Jalen Hurts, would they be able to make him force him to actually pass the ball as opposed to using his legs to make bigger plays like that? Uh, overall, Dallas just straight up just dominate them. And, you know, Especially after the last game where they only won, uh, Dallas lost, I believe, 28 to 23. Uh, it was completely different. It was a close game. You felt like they could, they left a few plays on the table. And, you know, now you're looking at it. Dak Prescott is looking really good. I mean, right now there's only two teams in the NFL that are really hot and Dallas Cowboys are really one of them right now. Yeah. San Fran and Denver is another one that's. You know, mm-hmm. they lost one. They're looking for real. We're going to talk more on them. You know, I got to ask, and it, it's a, it's a kind of, yeah. this is probably the best I've seen Dallas be this late in the season, as long as I can remember. I've lived just, people on the podcast, I don't know if actually knows, moved to Texas about five, just over five years ago. Yeah. Um, I used to live in Arizona, and I was born in the UP. I haven't said all this. And uh, that's why I'm a Packers fan. I can't do the Cardinals. I tried rooting for the Cowboys for a little bit, but it just drove me nuts. But I think that's this is fun. legitimately the best I've seen them this late in the season. I know there's a few more weeks, but one of the things that impressed me was how they ran right at Philly's Rushdie, which is their strength. And they yeah. went and took that strength out, and they wanted the line of scrimmage on both sides, which was especially their offensive line. That was impressive. Tyron mm-hmm. Smith and Zach Martin just keep they're 33 each. They keep turning back. Father, they just keep pushing back father time. And I've never seen Dak look so confident. McCarthy seems to have a feel in the offense. I still got to see in January. Sorry. Huh? Sorry, say again. Oh, no, you're good. I don't think I've seen Dak look good this good late in the season. And um, I got to see it in January. But I think one of the things that impressed me was they were willing to run right at Philly's D which was, I don't know if they were still first, but they were one of the best rush defenses in the NFL. Where they struggle is their linebackers and pass coverage and over the middle, and you saw that in this game. But the Cowboys ran it for a healthy, it wasn't amazing, but with that, with the Turpin and Prescott rounds, they ran for almost 140 yards. Um, That's impressive, man. You win at Philly strength. You win at Philly strength, and you were like, no. If Dallas got home field, I'd pick them, even over San Fran. I just don't think they're going to get home field. But that was impressive. I really got to give it to Cowboys fans. Nice win. Yeah. They needed it. it they needed crazy. it. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, and what what's really good about this is, like you said, this late in the year, you don't usually see the Cowboys play like this. I mean, let's yep. be real. Dak Prescott was being looked at as Tony Romo 2.0. And, you know, as far exactly. as, like, whenever bigger games come up and everything like that, he kind of like basically wilts under the pressure. And, you know, besides Dak, you know, emerging as a 
a true playmaker right now and, you know, showing what he can actually do, uh, you know, unle- unlocking that potential. You look at what's going on with C.D. Lamb, and then also they got, you know, Brandon Cooks. And more importantly, they're starting to get a guy over the middle, uh, Jake Ferguson. They're tied in. He actually had a really good game yesterday. He had five catches for 72 yards and could really move the ball. He, that big target in the middle, you know, you kind of want that. Ferguson. Yeah, Ferguson's been emerging. That they needed the, the the things they needed was they needed a second guy on offense, and Pollard's starting to produce and Dowdle and Cooks. Mm-hmm. Ferguson is starting to look like a star, and they needed somebody to take the pressure off Lamb because if you can just double team a guy and your offense slows down, which was happening early in the season, they're using more motion. And McCarthy seems it's it's almost like he's because he's taking he took over the play calling. Him and Dak are finally starting to mesh. There's a few quarterback-coach combos that are really meshing right now, and those two are simpatico. I love it. Yeah, and, and in all honesty, like when we were talking about coaches that could be, be potentially on the hot seat, Mike McCarthy was actually one that me and Seth talked about being one of those coaches because of the, mm-hmm. the unimaginable pressure that a head coach has when they're in Dallas. I mean, you're expected to win oh, like yeah. that. So honestly, he's probably going to make the conference championship this year with this roster to not have heat from Jerry. And you know what? Right now, unless Philly wakes up or some surprise team wakes up, I don't think it's going to be Detroit. I love my Packers. I think they're too young, but you know, maybe I don't, I, I, don't, I doubt it. Even if they want a playoff game, I think they'd get crushed by Dallas, but um, they should make the conference championship. if not the Super Bowl. They have that level of talent. They're playing that good. For the first time, it feels legitimate. Like, it's always felt fake before, like, but the way they were able to handle a tough Seattle team that was desperate and continue. I'm really impressed with the way they play at home. If they could do that on the road, I feel like it's better. So, um, we're going to get into our big picture ideas on Dallas and Philly in a minute. Let's segue. Do you have any more thoughts on the game before we go to the next one? No, no. Right now, I think that's pretty much it. I mean, pretty much. Dallas took care of business. A lot of people thought the game was going to be a lot closer than it was. And, you know, they just basically, you know, the big question is, is what, what, how will Philly rebound from this is probably really the biggest question. Yeah. Are they, it's a question I'm going to bring up later. Are they broken beyond fixing? Like, do you, do you see them as a legit contender? Because for me, their linebacking core is so weak. It's such an exposable hole. Like, the Packers run D is just historically and continues to be terrible, but like just tossing the Packers in. But with Philly, they got Leonard, so you'd think it would, it would shore that up, but I don't know how healthy he is and if he's still the same guy. Is Philly fixable? Like, I just don't know if I see them catching Dallas or San Fran. I really don't. Do you? When they lost TJ Edwards. I don't think so. I don't think so. No. TJ Edwards hurt him a little bit more than what they probably thought he would. Uh, mm-hmm. And also, I can't really think of the guy that went to San Francisco, but he was the one that actually hurt Brock Purdy during the uh, Hard, during the championship. Hargrave, right? Yes. Hargrave, yeah. right? Yes, Hargrave. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that I hurt think a lot. That, Jalen I mean, Carter's been huge, but, yeah, that one was a big loss. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, lose, you're losing two decent playmakers on defense, and really and truthfully, I mean, the defense ain't as scary as it was last year. I mean, they do have Jalen oh, Carter. Oh, no. Smith. I mean, they do have some strong 
players on that side of the ball. In fact, my buddy, we joked about him. We're like, it's like the Philadelphia Bulldogs with all the Bulldogs they drafted and brought in. And it's just right now, I, you know, the Eagles are probably I. it's hard to really go against say that they can go against the Cowboys or 49ers when they got dominated by both of these teams in, pretty much in back to back games. Exactly. And. They've been so they've had six straight halftime deficits. And mm-hmm. for me, as much as I like Jalen Hurts this year and AJ Brown and Devonta Smith has shown flashes, Goddard's been a big loss, and Swift has had some games, but they seem to be missing something on offense too. Like yeah. I'm more worried about their defense for sure, because that doesn't scare me at all. It really doesn't. I, I think you can see it. Like I, <laughs> I, I honestly would love to watch my Packers go against them right now. I think they'd have a fighting chance. Um, I. I just not scared of Philly's D, other than Jalen Carter making some plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and their offense like makes some plays when Jalen Hurts gets going, but there's something wrong with that right now on offense too. They haven't been looking great. So, well, like I, I actually I don't know if it's like I could still see them winning a playoff game and maybe figuring it out, but I'm starting to wonder if like Super Bowl aspirations are a little out of reach. I, I think so. Yeah, and what's crazy is uh, at the beginning of the year, we actually did a prediction, and my prediction was <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles, Eagles winning over the Cincinnati Bengals. So, you know, there's that too. So, <laughs> Oh, man, Cincinnati. It's so sad what happened with Burrow and yeah, that one. Yeah. As much as I like Browning, they, <laughs> they didn't go to a Super Bowl. This year, so. Yeah. Um, let's get into that Seahawks 49ers, which was interesting. Um, because we're going to talk some more Philly and Dallas in our questions in a little bit for the listeners. Okay, let's talk Seahawks 49ers. All right. What did you make of, what did you make of that game? Because for me, it was really interesting watching Seattle fight, but I kind of suspected they would because they're desperate to make the playoffs, and now they're 6-7, and seven, and they're actually on the outside looking in, uh, especially if Green Bay wins tonight and Minnesota won that stupid 3-0 game. <laughs> um, <laughs> I knew Seattle was going to fight and they did in the first half they, they fought for as long as they could and then San Fran to me their talent the talent deficit just took over because yeah. Seattle is full of in my opinion I don't hate the guy but I think Geno is definitely regressed especially with the receivers, receiving talent he has and Pete Carroll's coaching the team as much as he possibly can but there are levels to this and San Fran's just just unreal right now. And yeah, yes, my answer. I forgot. Yeah, they're level above. Yeah. And I mean, who would have thought that the Seahawks would be six and seven right now? I mean, last year they made the playoffs. Kind of surprised yeah. a lot. Oh, started off hot. Yeah. Started yeah. off hot, kind of cooled off towards the end. And, you know, Gino, of course, was a main catalyst for that. Like everyone was in love with this guy. And, you know, a lot of people really gave him a lot of flack. I mean, you had two top 10 picks, I believe, uh, or top 20 picks anyway, in the NFL draft. And they're like, hey, you might want to go ahead and get a quarterback in this year's draft. But they opted not to, of course. They went with Devin Witherspoon from Illinois and then also, you know, Jackson Smith Najimba from, uh, I believe, Ohio State. And good picks, good solid picks. But, you know, you. I like him, but. Yeah. 
And, and can Metcalf not get some personal fouls against himself? Like, that guy, as talented as he is, continues to hurt that team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they just cannot they cannot run the ball at all. Seattle Which can't. Is- they're so they're so unbalanced on offense. Oh, that's right. Gino didn't play this game. I forgot. Yeah, he played but, Drew but, but in general, Gino, but in general, Gino's been a disappointment. I'm almost mm-hmm. excited to see Drew Locke. I think Gino, it's not to the Jared Goff like it's Jared Goff's not in that discussion yet. But there's some guys around the league. I wonder if you'd really want to commit long term, and Gino's one of them. I would actually put Goff in the conversation too. We're gonna get into that, but. I don't know. There's something missing. The defense is. It's just not it's just there. Sad. It's just sad because you can tell they're just, they're a level, maybe two or three levels seriously behind San Fran. And honestly, okay. if they played the Rams right now, I think the Rams might take them. No. Like Seattle, Seattle versus the Rams. I think the Rams would take Seattle. And well, that, that might be, that might be the seventh seed because I don't trust Minnesota. So I actually think the seventh seed is going to be the the Seahawks or the Rams. And, you know, with the, the Seahawks, when you're looking at their team and you look at their defense and everything, they brought, you know, they got they got a little bit of age on that side. They got, you know, they brought back, back Bobby Wagner uh, after his one year with the Rams. Uh, you know, they, they got Jamal Adams, who has largely been kind of a disappointment for him since he's been there. And, you know, I'm not so injury really, prone. He's been yeah. out so much. I'm not really seeing anyone on defense that really pops out to me as like that guy. And you know, dude, that's it. That's it. Only and, guy. You know, you need that guy. You don't have like what San Francisco has. Like Fred Warner, by far, in my opinion, the best middle linebacker in the game right now. And, and they've got Bosa, and they picked up Chase Young. They've got Hargrave. They've got their secondary is playing pretty good. That's, that's what makes San Fran and Dallas scary is they're not yeah. one-dimensional. They've got talent on both sides of the ball. And Seattle, yeah. outside of Witherspoon, if it wasn't for Jalen Carter, he might be a defensive player of the year candidate. I mean, he is, but he actually might like be the front runner. That's the only guy on that defense that is scary. Well, they, they did go out and get Draymond Jones from Denver over the offseason and everything like that in free agency. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I mean, you you brought in Leonard Williams. Uh, you know, he's doing all right. But, you know, you really need more. They give more up work. a second? What did they give up for him? The second round pick? For Williams? So. Yeah. Yeah, that's a high th- That's That's a lot of draft capital. They do this where they swung for Adams. And I, I love the guy. He's been too injury prone. And they haven't used him effectively. He's, he's best when you... Bring them down to disrupt and toss mm-hmm. them, strip sacks and disrupt the line of scrimmage. And he just doesn't look like that guy anymore. He's been yeah. hurt. And, the yeah. first year that he was there in Seattle, he they did that. You know, he was mm-hmm. doing very well. But I mean, if you want to switch it back over to San Francisco and you look at their weapons, oh, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Who's the MVP on this team? Is it Debo? See, this is funny. Debo's thrown himself into the mix on that team, in my opinion. You won't get votes from like MVP voters that always pick quarterbacks. But when he was out is when they missed three games. They lost three. Is it Debo? Is it McCaffrey? Or is it Purdy? Who's the MVP of that team on offense? It's tough pick, man. I I honestly would go with McCaffrey because really and truthfully, I get it. Purdy, 
I mean, he's, you know, he looks like he might be the next coming of Montana in some people's eyes. I mean, he threw for 368 yards yesterday. But, you know, still the book is written out on him. But Christian McCaffrey, as soon as he went in, left Carolina, came over to San Francisco in that trade last year, he kind of gave that that offense a second, uh, another dimension, like it feels like. Debo was oh, yeah. playing running back, you know, they're moving them off. And then they got two of them. You know, they got mm-hmm. two players that they can put anywhere on the field at any given time and get them the ball. And, you know, oh, yeah. that makes up mat- matchup nightmares like nobody's business. I would still say Debo this only this year because when he was out and Trent Williams was out, you saw a noticeable slide. But in general, I agree with you. It's McCaffrey. Debo's just like, man, he's like come back on. He had 150 yards in this game. It was nuts, man. He looks like he hit that gear again. But in general, that's what's scary. It's a tough argument. Like, you still have Kittle. We haven't even thrown him in. Or Ayuk, who had 120 yards in the game. They are stupid loaded. And I love Cowboys fans, and I could see it. But I feel like they're more loaded on offense even than Dallas is. They're just stupid. How in the heck do you stop them when they're fully healthy? Like, I legitimately think... I hate to hurt Cowboys fans because you will see this. Like, I legitimately think San Fran is here and the rest of the NFL is here. And Dallas is, it's there. They're close. They're, it's a, it's just a notch, but this offense is just so stacked. Like, the fact that you got McCaffrey on the team and you even could have a discussion about other guys being their offensive MVP is stupid because it should just be McCaffrey. But Debo's just, is there a comparison to Debo in NFL history? Because I can't think of a guy that was able to be a legitimate receiver as a pro bowler, probably just pure receiver. But then you add in the fact that he's actually running back. I don't think I've ever seen a player like him. The only person that I can think of uh, would be Darren Sproles. Oh, yeah. He was smaller. He wasn't built the same way. But, yeah, yeah. they did. It was similar. Yeah, I could see it because he was such a threat in the receiving game. Uh Debo's a little more power, uh, bigger, but yeah, I could see it because they were dual threats. Yeah, that's true. The only yeah. thing that really hurt and then, in his whole career is that he's so physical that it sometimes plays against him because he's so small. And so he'll run yeah. in there like he's six foot six and 310 pounds when, you know, he's not. And he, he typically gets hurt sometimes. Debo's not even that big, actually. He's only six feet, 215. It's just, Sproles was way, was so small. Oh God! Yeah. Uh, but but then you got Kittle and Ayuk. This offense is stupid. And then yeah. you've got occasionally Brandon Jennings making plays. It's just it's it's. I legitimately I like Dallas. I don't know how they're going to slow this team down, but I do think they'll score more points. Even though the Forty ers D is good, I think it'll be a higher scoring affair. I just don't know how you slow down San Fran's offense. Seattle did actually did an admirable job. Yes. And the and in points, but in yards, the 49ers still had five over 525 yards. Oh, they slowed stupid. Wow. They're my best team. We're gonna get into it in a minute. Yeah. Um do you have any other thoughts on that one before we roll into the next one? No, sir. Good to go. Let's talk Rams Ravens, only because I this is tough. I don't think it's ever been this hard late in the season. I personally would have Baltimore as tops to my AFC. We're going to do some top fives in both. 
But um, <laughs> the Rams gave them a scare. They were scaring me. So I don't know if you knew. We do um, so we do a weekly pick on me and my buddy Bill, who's going to be on the Wednesday one. And we took right. the Ravens, and we needed it because we're trying to keep pace. It's not just a weekly one; it's for the whole season too. So we needed that game bad. Uh, that walk off punt return for a touchdown was pretty epic, man. That was awesome. That was an awesome play. And the end of that game was epic. Lamar Jackson driving them down to take the lead, and then the Rams go right back and kick a field goal. And then it, that was such a fun game to watch down the stretch, man. And the crazy thing about it is Lamar Jackson is proving that he is worth every penny of that money that the Baltimore Ravens spent. If he was not on that team right now, he they would not be a playoff team. And, oh, absolutely not. Do you and, believe in him, though, in the playoffs? Because I'm still worried. It's kind of like the Dak question. Like, do you think he can win some multiple playoff games? I think he can. And the reason why I'm saying this is because last year they had uh, Roman Gregg, I believe, his, was the offensive coordinator. And he did – he basically had like the 1930s uh, approach. I can't. I, I know Roman is one of his names, but he he would run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and a lot of those run plays was with Lamar Jackson. You wanted to be able to utilize that speed and everything, but uh, the guy that they got, the offense coordinator they have now, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but he came from Georgia and he's mixing it up. He's mixing up some passes. He's you know putting in some runs. And more importantly, he's protecting Lamar Jackson. And if Lamar Jackson is healthy, I mean, you're looking at someone that could potentially be, I mean, he's not really blown me away with his stats right now. He has 16 touchdowns, 2,900 uh, yards, and six interceptions on the season. But you look at the record that he has right now. I mean, 10-3, and three, I mean, Baltimore could be a potential Super Bowl contender with the way this team is looking right now. And it looks like they're probably going to be the one seed. I don't see a challenger. My biggest concern with Miami, okay, I just got to do a little game break. My stupid Packers are going back to that dumb crap. They're 7-7. We're going to talk Packers in a minute. I'm just annoyed. I just looked at the score and I'm so mad. Okay. I can't believe they're struggling to beat the Giants. I was a little worried about it, but they were going to get cocky. Just got to. Okay. Back to the. (laughs) I can't (laughs) believe they're barely beating the stupid Giants. Get it out. Get it out. It'll make you feel better. I'm a Bears fan. I understand completely. <laughs> We're going to be talking some Bears. I I got to know your Justin Fields thoughts. I've got – I didn't say it in my questions, but I have a Justin Fields question for you in a minute. But, um, I did, you did that game, the Rams-Ravens, I'll talk more Packers in a minute. We're going to yeah. wait till that game hits halftime, and I'm going to blow them up if they don't figure this out. Um, it is on the road, but they if they're as good as they've looked the last few weeks, they need to do it. Okay, back to Rams-Ravens. The Rams, when they have Kyron Williams, they are a different team. And they, while they're thin in depth, especially on defense and on offense, when, if they have one injury, they struggle. They are a team, if they can figure out some holes on defense after all this cap mess and no picks for winning that one Super Bowl, if they can keep Stafford, they might be a scary team next year with Kyron Williams, Kua, Cup, Tutu Atwell, if they could get a tight end. That offense could be legitimate. Gary. But Kyron Williams makes them a different team. He just does. When they got him, they've got balance. Stafford looks better. It opens up the offense. And if Cooper Cup can be healthy, that's the other element. But every game they've had Kyron Williams this year, they've looked different. So with that, 
What does scare me about Baltimore is their defense looked so great early in the season. I'm seeing some teams poke some holes in that. But likely stepping up in place of Andrews and Beckham continuing to look healthy off the ACL and show some real flashes, like big play flashes, mm-hmm. makes me think they might be the they might be the favorite in the AFC. And you know, and Zay Flowers. Yeah, I mean the season's long. I mean Baltimore yeah. now, sir. Yep. Oh. Uh, the season's long, and of course, I'm looking at the scores right now. Dolphins are uh, tied up with the uh, Titans right now, seven seven. But no, they're not. No, they're not. Are you serious? Yeah, they. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Man, I put a poll on Twitter. I need to look at the results, but it was like heavy. Like I said, who's going to win? Packers. Uh, <laughs> Dolphins was like I think like sixty percent the last time I looked. Um, I can't believe both teams are, especially Miami. How are they tied with Tennessee? Yeah. Man. That's, crazy, up, that's not it. <laughs> but uh, must be able coaching his butt off because Tennessee. Yeah. Well, like what are you, you gonna do? Well, you know, with the, how you were talking about the Rams earlier and everything, Kyrie Williams definitely opened it up. I think really the real gem that they have right now is Puka Nakua. I, I butchered the name, but he I is. Hope, just, yeah, I hope I said it right. Really. <laughs> he's been going off, and I mean, they found him with a fifth round pick, and mm-hmm. you know. He's been pretty good this season, and, you know, right now his stats, he's looking – I mean, he has 1,113 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, That's he's really – He's times. been their gem, yeah. It's crazy. They've had two gems. They've had him and Tyron Williams on offense, and they've just been mm-hmm. – man, he's been good. He's Like, I wish I picked him up early in the season. Yeah, it's been falling. Cooper Cup has not been a hundred percent all season. This guy, yeah, he was yesterday. <laughs> he was yesterday. You're right. I've got him in my league. I'm going to be six and eight and and probably miss the playoffs by one game. I'm mad. But I stashed Cooper Cup and Taylor early in the season and I suffered for it. So little fantasy <laughs> tidbit there. <laughs> but um, I think big picture. I think the Rams still have a shot at the playoffs. And I'm going to be continuing to keep my eye on Baltimore. If that defense, when they picked up Oquan Smith, it, it was like the uh, there was two trades last year that were kind of seismic shifts in the NFL midseason, which are mm-hmm. rare. But right. when the uh, Ravens picked up Roquan Smith, that defense elevated uh, significantly. And when the 49ers got McCaffrey midseason, that changed their team. So if Lamar Jackson can cut down the mistakes, which he's been, which he's done well. If he mm-hmm. can deliver in the postseason, I really do think Baltimore probably is the team to beat with a weakened KFC or the KFC, <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs and all the quarterback injuries. They might be the team. It might be them. I don't personally believe in Miami. Um, they haven't beaten anybody. It's even worse than Dallas. No, they um, haven't. That, that, that Miami Buffalo game is going to be huge. Um, yeah, I still think Baltimore probably is the favorite. Speaking of, uh, Bills, that Bills Chiefs game. Yeah, there's been a lot of stuff to come out. <laughs> Mahomes <laughs> really bothers me that he was complaining and whining about the rest with all the calls he's gotten and how he's just snatched Josh Allen's heart out of his chest so many times. Let the dude have the win. He had so many opportunities in the fourth quarter to score and didn't. 
And it was not that one call. And I'm sorry, but the dude was offside. Yeah, they could have let yeah. it go, but he was offside blatantly. Like, it, it, it was so blatant. It's like, how do you not call that? And what's crazy about that, like you just said, I mean, the Chiefs from throughout this whole NFL season this year, a lot of people will sit there and they'll tell you that it feels like they've been getting a majority of the calls put in their way. I mean, the first game you saw Jawan Taylor said they're basically tap dancing uh, over in the right tackle spot and not a single false start penalty was called. And he did it throughout the whole game up until like the last second. They're like, oh, you know. They've gotten so lenient with the left tackle thing this year. I'm watching guys like blatantly jump way before and they're not calling it frequently. Mm-hmm. It's something I'm wondering if they're going to crack down after the season because this left tackle thing, there's been some weird stuff this year. They you know obviously the touch push and now they're trying to like enforce guys jumping like they did with Tony. But the left tackle thing is another one that's been super weird this year. Like I'm watching when I'm watching games, there's so, there's like Chiefs especially, but there's so many teams I'm watching left tackle like, blatantly moved for the quarterback like almost a split second i'm like okay that was a whole second like he's yeah. th- th- that end has zero chance because that guy unless he's like micah parsons or somebody like come on like he can't have that much of an advantage yeah and when when i played basically whenever you got set you basically sat still and i mean i i coach football also um, oh, you did? yeah yeah and that's I t- awesome. I've thought about that. What do you coach? Uh, I do right now. I did. Uh, I I do middle school. Oh, very cool, yeah. man. Middle school. I is- thought about it. Is that the only reason I didn't get into it was the time investment? But that's pretty cool. You know what's funny is in Arizona, they didn't actually have middle school football. Uh, and then I moved to Texas five years ago, and I was like, "Why well, are all these stadiums at the middle schools?" So like, I'm a middle school teacher, and I was like, "And I was like, what is this?" And my ex-wife was like, uh, "Football's king in Texas." School football. Well, it was Pop Warner when I played. I played a little in high school, but it was Pop Warner um, in Arizona. Yeah, it is football's king in Texas. That's I just awesome. didn't know middle school football was a thing. I was like, "Oh my god, that's pretty cool." I've gone to some games too. It's fun. Yeah. You do, uh, which which grade do you do? Huh? What grade do you coach? Seventh grade. So Very basically, nice. uh, nice. I, I actually coach with a program that uh, basically builds them up. Uh, we train them. We give them the techniques and everything. I do offensive line and defensive line, and we uh, basically prepare them for the next level. So that's pretty cool. I like it. How long have you done that for? I've been doing it for three years now. Four. Four nice. years. Yeah. Very nice, man. Very cool. Awesome. But um, uh, one game, I, one thing about this game, besides Patrick Mahomes, of course, snapping on the sideline, uh, that really rings out to me. It wasn't really a dominant game that you saw with the quarterbacks, with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, you know, they both, I mean, Patrick Mahomes had 25 completions from 43 attempts. Josh Allen was 23 of 42. So their quarterback ratings were below, both of them below 75, uh, as far as that goes. It wasn't what you normally see from them. And, you know, both defenses, I mean, they're, I guess they're improving, uh, they, but no one has really been talking much about the Bills defense as they have in the past. Now, I believe this was the first game back with Von Miller, who also 
had a controversial uh, call when he was offside towards the end of the game, which a lot of Chiefs fans have been bringing up. Von uh, Miller, man, he looks lost, doesn't he? Like, I'm, uh, I'm worried he is not going to get back to Von Miller of old where he was just. When he was with I mean, them. Well, even, even the Von Miller with the Rams was a complimentary piece that was huge that they needed. Cause it was like kind of like having a receiver one and then a receiver two that can make some plays. It's so important in the NFL now to have a pass rusher and have another one. Like the Cowboys legitimately got DeMarcus Lawrence is solid enough as the two and they've got other guys. I kind of wish they had another one, but they still generate enough of a pass rush. Right. Von Miller now though looks just. I don't know, they still were getting him at Mahomes, but for the season, he just doesn't look right to me at all. And he's got a bunch of legal stuff, too, not to even. Yeah. Like, that's kind of scary. I didn't, never knew that about him, but there was, it's funny because the Chiefs are at the heart of a ref controversy for the second straight week after that Packers game. There was all that smoke about the last two minutes, but. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, yeah. when your receivers aren't trying to make plays, you're not going to get the benefit of the doubt, and it's burned them two weeks in a row now. Like, that was a P.I. on Scantling. I don't know if you saw it the week before. It was. Yeah. Our guy P.I.'d him. But there was also a bad call on the sideline where the guy Mahomes was clearly in bounds, and our guy legally hit him as he was trying to move forward. And then there was the fumble. There was a bunch of stuff. So refs are going to make mistakes. I'm sorry, but Mahomes has gotten way too many benefits of the calls in his two championship runs, Mm -hmm. they just need to go and get him a receiver or two. (laughs) And you're not lying when you say that, because right now outside Kelsey and Rasheed Rice, who is coming in nicely in his rookie year, they have something. Valdez Scantlin, you know, I know he's former Packers uh, royalty, I guess. I hate him. Just let him go. All he can do is run straight and drop the ball. Let him go. He runs faster than anybody He'll get open, and he's going to catch one out of five if you're lucky. Just cut the and, guy. He's not worth – they give him $10 million a year. It's, that's a terrible deal. Yeah, and you're pretty much accurate with what you said because even going into the game last – this past game against the Bills, I mean, he only caught 17 balls so far this year. So, oh, I mean – So bad. Yeah. No, outside of that, and I mean, Kadarius Tony is put together. Yeah. I honestly, I would give Watson playing time and Rice if I were them right now. But the biggest problem is Kelsey, as good as he is, he's still very good. Mm-hmm. I am seeing, I know you can't see my hands, a little bit of slippage. Like just from the the levels he was at last year, where he really, he really masked them losing Hill because he was so dominant. It was like one game he scored three or four touchdowns. That Kelsey is not here this year, and I think it's partly because defenses have adjusted. But I also he is thirty four now. Um, he's had some injuries this year, you know, with Taylor Swift stuff too, but I think that's baloney. People <laughs> always get into uproar when these people date. It's like, do you not, are you not married or date? And you still yeah, focus exactly. on life? Like, shut up. Like, I, I think it's baloney. I used to hear that crap from my ex. They would say, since he's been married, he's been so bad. I'm like, or it's a golf, like about Jordan Speed, and it's a tough game. Like, that's such a dumb take in my opinion. But um, I do like Rice. I just I think like they never got that other tight end. They tried, and Kelsey's getting up there. Yeah, I really don't see this. But I I legitimately like maybe I'll eat these words in a few weeks. They figure it out. I love Andy Reid and Mahomes. 
but I really don't see this team going to the Super Bowl. And even in a weak AFC, maybe I'm wrong, but it's starting to get late in the season to the point where it's tough to turn it around. We only got four weeks left. Like, yeah, I just don't think it's there. I, I think you can stack the box on Pacheco and double Kelsey, and who's going to beat your receiver? They don't even, like. Mahomes can throw the perfect passes, but these guys are just dropping them. Like I said it before the show, like their drop rate is over double the rest of the league at eight percent, and on deep throws, it's almost thirteen percent are dropped. They're legitimately have swung two games for them, not just the Scantling game, but another one early in the season. It's I think it was the Philly game. Uh, I can't remember which the other one was. I read it earlier, but I. We're going to get into big picture stuff in a minute, but yeah, I'm impressed with Buffalo. Here's my question for you on Buffalo. Right. Do you think Buffalo can get in together enough to scare some of these contenders in the AFC? Because I personally do. Even I though think, I've got issues with Buffalo. I think they can because you see, I I was a big fan of James Cook after what he did last year, and to see him in this game where he kind of emerged and had a, I think he had a, over 130 uh, all-purpose yards and a touchdown. He is coming into his own over there. The biggest question I really have is outside of Stephon Diggs, who else is Josh Allen going to throw to? I mean, right now exactly. it's evident he has a huge reliance on Stephon Diggs. I see that they're throwing to Dalton Kincaid a lot. I mean, he had eight targets yesterday, but after that, you're looking at five, and those were to James Cook. Yeah. I really worry about that. I've worried about that for years with them. My dad, he loves fantasy, and he was like, Dalton, Dalton Kincaid, Dalton Kincaid. I'm like, I got to see it first. And then Gabe no. Davis just disappears. They've got nothing else. And then that makes them one-dimensional, and then you need Allen to run around and make some magic happen. They need to get, they need to get another weapon for him, but I also want to see some more creativity on the offense because with Allen's talent, even though he makes some mistakes and I also, I'm like, I'm high on the guy. I don't think he's like number two in the NFL, but he's got talent clearly. I would love to see them fix the, it's, I, I can't tell if it's the head coach, but yeah, there's something definitely missing there, but they, they, They've got to get this guy another weapon. Like, yeah. The problem is now you're paying them, and you're still paying Diggs, and you have all this drama with Diggs. So what are they going to do? It's going to be interesting. I think really, I, Gabe Davis just has never really panned out. So, no, he, big games and not really a sidekick. No, and you not, know, not on a not on like legit teams where you got Waddle as your two, and that actually scares most defenses. You know. Yeah, and I mean. In all honesty, let me ask you, uh, as far as, like, what is going on with Buffalo and everything, do you think they made the right decision in letting go of Ken Dorsey? That's a tough question. I would say... I think they messed up with doing that. I just think they needed to find a scapegoat uh, to get uh, pressure off of McDormand. So they're, like, basically using Dorsey as a sacrificial lamb and, you know, they fired him, I, I believe. Yeah, I could see it because the offense was having problems, but this feels like the stupid Washington thing where they fired Del Rio and the defense still sucks. It's it's a Ron Rivera problem. This is a Sean McDermott problem. Um, yeah, maybe Dorsey did need to go. Maybe it was a double problem, you know, with both of them. But 
Dolphins hasn't really looked much better since. I mean, they did play decent against Philly, but I would, I honestly, I'm going to actually like say both. <laughs> Surprisingly, I think they need a new head coach and a new OC. Actually, that's what I think. I'd keep the defensive coordinator. Um, it's still Wade Phillips, right? Right. Yeah, I'd keep obviously him. Maybe even promote him. I like him a lot, but I would, I would, I, I agree with you that it was a scapegoat thing. But I'm not sure if I had the right head coach that I still would want Ken Dorsey. Would you? Like if they had, I don't know, Dan Quinn, maybe somebody that is going to get promoted. Uh, Ben Johnson. I don't know. I'm just thinking of the two hotter names coordinator wise that are going to get promoted or maybe they get stupid lucky and get, or I don't know if you call it lucky, but he is a good coach. Maybe they get, um, I think that Michigan head coach, they get, they get Michigan, Michigan's head coach. Uh, or something stupid. Jim Harbaugh? Do you still? Yeah, Harbaugh. There we go. His name this. has been, uh, he's actually been moved, uh, rumored a lot with the Bears. I could see that. I really could because they are in prime position. We mm. got to get into some Bears chat. We're going to, we're going to, that's my next game when we're going to talk a lot of Bears. Cause I got to know your Justin Fields thoughts. This is the long episode of the week. So I'm kind of excited. <laughs> um, Would you have kept Dorsey if you had the right coach then? So what would you have done? Because I honestly don't. Honestly, this it was a systemic see. problem. I think it was a more personnel problem, but it did feel like a little bit of play calling too. The way I look at it, Isaac, and this is how I really feel about it, is when we discussed this at the beginning of the season, I said that it felt like the Bills' window was closing. You know, you had players that, that were hit, too. and, you yeah. know, yeah, uh, Edmonds leaving as far as the offensive, often, uh, not offense, defense goes. And they really haven't replaced that on that side of the ball. They signed, uh, Maroro. I can't think of his name, but they signed one of the other linebackers to a huge deal. And mm-hmm. you, know, you haven't really upgraded the offense. Like you said, I mean, James Cook no. is emerging. Stefan like Dick. Yeah, Stephon Diggs can't do it by himself. Gabe Davis hasn't done anything uh, the last feels like for the past year. He has his hot and cold flashes. Like he he's not consistent at all. And you know Dalton Kincaid is your number one pick. Well, you know maybe you could have probably went with uh, another receiver. I mean I understand you got Dawson Knox. Why did you need to get another tight end? You know I agree just, with you. Although I although I didn't really love Dawson Knox. I think they were trying to upgrade. But mm-hmm. I agree with you. And losing Tredavious White at corner killed him. Losing Milano killed him. Micah Hyde's starting to get up there. So it's a weird thing where I kind of, like, do think the Super Bowl window may have closed temporarily because they still have Josh Allen. So I almost wonder if they're going to retool. Because this team's window, yes, I think, unless they do it this year, it's probably closed. However, there's going to be a future team with probably, with possibly a new coach with Allen, and if they retool that defense and finally get another weapon, that might be an even better team than what we've seen that hasn't really had any playoff success. Honestly, they made one conference championship. They've kind of fallen short of a lot of people's national expectations. I clowned on them a lot earlier in the year, uh, which is kind of mean, but I did. <laughs> but Micah Hyde's getting up there. Yes. On Miller, I think done. Milano's severely hurt. He's done for the year. Um, 
I don't know how old White is, but he's starting to get up there. Some of their pieces on defense are starting to age, so they're definitely going to have to retool the defense. But Josh Allen ain't going anywhere. And with him, yeah. uh, while he does bother me at times and makes some really stupid mistakes, it's like watching Brett Favre 2.0. Like, you're going to get some amazing stuff and some really stupid stuff. But he's capable of some stuff that I don't think anybody but Mahomes is. So I get why he's two on some boards. I get it. I do. Um, I think it'll be a retooling and it'll be a new window with a new team, possibly. Because I honestly think if they just got a competent coach, it'd be an upgrade over McDermott. I don't like the guy. They've made a lot of mistakes over the years. How do you feel about McDermott? Because, like, I personally, not a huge fan. Not, I don't think he's, like, Staley level bad or even some of the other coaches I've seen where I'm like, how are you a head coach? But, um, I do question a lot of his decisions over the years I have. I think personally what they should do is McDermott is a, I think he's a good coach and he's done mm-hmm. some great things with Buffalo. But if you really want to take that next level as a, as a team, you probably want to get someone that's a little more offensive minded, like Eric Benenemy, uh, down in Washington, even though I think Washington's pretty much going to keep him as their next head coach next year. Uh, because you look at what he's done with Sam Howe. I mean, Sam Howe's yeah. had a great year other than the fact uh, that The enemy going, would be great. The enemy, he needs a job. I agree. Yeah. If it's not Ben Johnson, it should be E.B. And, uh, Wade Phillips is going to get the defense under control, in my opinion. I think they're, they're going to, they're going to feel the problem. They're a weird team that has top, aren't they top 10 still in offense and defense? And then they're seven and six. Because I know all these heartbreaks. Oh. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, it's just that they lose close games. That's basically it. I'm starting to wonder, though, if at their best, but I don't know what that actually is, I'm wondering if they could keep it close against any team in the AFC and maybe, like, they've, lo- they've lost a lot of those close ones, but what if they actually won a couple? That's where I'm like, they're a dark horse contender for me, and I don't have a lot in the AFC. Because Pittsburgh's out. We'll run through them in a minute. but uh, Yeah. I do well, still... I- see a sliver because the AFC is so weak this year. I see a sliver of hope for them. Well, that well, that in the next four games, of course, they got the Cowboys next week oh, on the 17th. You know, that's, that's a big challenge. That's going to be a fun game. Man. Yeah. That's in Buffalo. That's in Buffalo, right? Yes. And then they got two oh, oh, oh. Then they got the Chargers. that one. They got the Patriots. So they got, and then they got the Okay, so they've got Same Dallas in in Buffalo. Yep. Oh, that's tough. They've got the Chargers, Patriots, and who's the fourth one? Dolphins in Miami. They can beat Miami again. They needed a ten seven to make the playoffs because they ain't winning the. I don't unless they beat Miami. Miami slips. Miami does play Dallas. Dallas, if they can maybe beat Miami, which is possible. Maybe Buffalo can come back and steal that division, but Buffalo's going to have to pretty much win out. They can only really afford to lose maybe one game. They're two back, you know what I mean? So, oh, that's another interesting race. I kind of wanted to get into the division races, too, in a minute. Okay, do you have any more thoughts on that one before we uh, get to your your lovely Bears, who did me such a solid and (laughs) and my lovely Bears? (laughs) Okay, okay. All right, I just got to ask the big picture question. Did you keep Fields? Would you keep Fields or would you try to trade him? So there's, I really, I really gotta know. I gotta know. 
me being a Bears fan for 40 years now. Um, the prime years of Jay Cutler, right? Oh, God. I cannot stand <laughs> Jay Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> you might be the best quarterback y'all have had. <laughs> and it says something when y'all are cheering when we gave him the big contract the second. <laughs> exactly. I, mean, I used to listen to first take for years and the Jay Cutler slander and all the Jay Cutler slander I used to see on Twitter. It just I was so excited when we played you guys because I knew Jay Cutler was going to mess up. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember one game where we were beating them. I think it was twenty-one to like seven or something like that. And it was going in the fourth quarter, and I was like, you know, you get tired of seeing Aaron Rodgers discount double check all over the place and tell you that he owns your team, but you can't argue with him because he's right. And you know, I hey, remember we they- uh, we we got to do a we got to do a show before the Packers Bears game together, and we'll hit yeah. the NFC stuff, NFC North stuff right away. We waited for fifty minutes, but we yeah. got to do that. I was just thinking about it because. I doubt with your record, y'all are going to make a playoff push, but it's not impossible. But I, I saw that we're in the hunt, but no, I said I, I was realistic when I did my predict, prediction on uh, what our record would be. I always thought it was going to be around seven wins, but you know, Jay Cutler, what I was going to say was I remember he basically turned the ball over three times in a row and y'all won. <laughs> and it was like, man, I love Jay Cutler. He's my favorite, man. He was the fact that he was on that, that just the image I remember of Jay Cutler is the NFC championship game. And he's on a bike, but he's not in the game when the year, the year we won the Super Bowl with Rogers. And I was just like, this guy, man, like, just doesn't want it. Like, if he can be on that bike, I, 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 he should be, unless they literally didn't let him in, he should be out there playing. It's just my opinion. Maybe I'm being too hard on the guy, but that's what I thought. That told me everything I needed to know. And, you know, as, you know, you being a Packers fan, I mean, y'all went from Hall of Famer to Hall of Famer. And I, was <laughs> I, I was kind of looking forward to the season and I was like, finally. Jordan, <laughs> and I, and now you're like, Man, out. again? It's like, Jesus, not again. Another 12 years? Jeez. <laughs> uh, I will, you know what? I'll say this. As, lo- as good as love is, it's hard to be on Rodgers and, and Favre's level. We got stupid lucky. Although, to be honest, if we're being fair, some deep NFC North discussion Packers, they should have won more than two Super Bowls with Favre and Rodgers. That's a disservice. The GM should have done way better. They should have gotten two with Favre and at least two with Rodgers if they'd fielded a second competent receiver. It's like the Buffalo problem, but even worse. Um, no, it's actually pretty much the Buffalo problem. They, they would, it's so easy to double team one receiver. You gotta have somebody else that scares the other team and teams in the NFL figured this out now. And the ironic thing is I'm starting to like these Packers young receivers. I still wouldn't mind a, you know, a number. A hot, like a, if they went out and signed somebody like T. Higgins or something, but um, yeah. if he's available, we'll Mike, Evans. Mike Evans, Mike Evans, I'd Mike be down. Yeah. I mean, you I'd got a lot of stud receivers coming out next year. I'm liking our young receivers the way they're developing, but I'm not going to get upset if we go out and get a receiver. I still think we need a legit running back because Jones is hurt and Dylan. But okay, we got to get. I'm stealing the show from the Bears. Oh, you're good. Y'all so. won and took 
you almost took care of Detroit two weeks ago. And if y'all had, it'd be an interesting playoff race because you guys would have been six and seven. This yeah. time you didn't let them come back. It was almost the same type of game. Last time Detroit pulled out that stupid, I picked them. I was happy about the pick, but they got lucky and pulled two TDs late. Yeah. This time Goff did not turn it around and the Bears, I was impressed, man. Well, kind of like going back on your question earlier with Fields, uh, you know, and this is something that I've been actually thinking. He's so polarizing for Bears fans because half of us don't, oh, yeah. half of them, half of us do. And I'm somewhere right in the middle because he's played some good games. Now, granted, a lot of people that are Bears fans are like, man, he played great this past week. No, he didn't. I mean, he, he completed less than 55% of his passes. And, you know, you kind of just sit there and you kind of wait to see him. Like, you know, there's three games we could have won where at the very end he fumbled the ball or he turned it over. Games that we could have won. And instead of sitting at five and eight right now, we could be seven and six, six and seven, like you oh, said. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah. But And it sucks because I would love I think, to see him with a competent coach or mm-hmm. one more target. Although I like Matt and Mooney's not terrible. If he had anybody even close to DJ Moore's level. Um, I think we're getting the offensive line. Like I would love to have seen that field, but now we're three years in, you know, it's like, what do you do? Well, the way I look at it is we're going to probably get the first overall pick because thank you, Carolina, for that awesome trade. Um, Best trade y'all have ever made. Good job. Nice trade. That was highway robbery at its finest. And Bryce Young has just been freaking spectacular for Carolina. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's the nicest way I've heard someone say it worst uh, trade in NFL history maybe I mean honestly San Fran's trade so far for Trey Lance is probably one of the worst trades but it hasn't burned them because they're still the best team in the NFL so it, it's still a terrible trade but this one ooh, this takes the cake they also threw in DJ Moore they're like yeah. no, no not only our number one pick Twice, Please you know, number one playmaker that's left on the team. <laughs> Let's take away weapons from our guy we want to develop. Let's sign Adam Thielen to be our number one receiver. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about expert franchise building at its finest. <laughs> Carolina, what they <laughs> so bad. What's crazy if you actually. Look- Look at the Carolina Panthers fans' Facebook page. They rag on them all the time. Like, you would thought that the the Panthers were Super Bowl contenders the last five years. I'm sorry. You've had a revolving door there. But going back to uh, your question, you know, what I would do if I was GM, if I was Ryan Poles, what I would do is with my first pick is I would get Marvin Harrison Jr., get you that other. Yeah. If, he, if, he, if he comes out for the draft. Yeah, and I mean, you know, if that's not the case, I, I'm not big on Caleb Williams. I'm not. Me neither. Like, if, if you're going to run into the stands and go on your mom's shoulder, that's telling me you're not tough enough to be in a, t- in a tough environment. Oh. Chicago has tough fans. I agree I, there. Seriously. Yep. But as far as quarterbacks, I like Michael Penix Jr., but I like what Jaden Daniels brings to the game. You know, 
He's accurate on his passes. He's a good scrambler. I mean, he had Madden numbers this year. And so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fully honest. I haven't done my research yet, but I've already made a conscious decision. After it's just too much to watch football every Saturday and Sunday. But I'm gonna go do for the first time because I want to keep the show fun. I'm gonna do a ton of research before the draft. So I've only seen bits. Uh just so you're aware. But I agree with you on the Caleb Williams thing, man. That that was just a bad look. And it might be nothing, but it really felt like something. And it's just like and he hasn't he's, he hasn't been as good this year. Like uh, do you want to take somebody up with uncertainty at the one pick? I agree with you. You know what? If the quarterback isn't there this year, you got options. Here's what about this? What if this happened? I heard this on a podcast earlier. Not that it's gonna, not that it's gonna. Yep. What if with the number one pick you tried to, you, I say you either take Harrison, if he comes out, roll the dice on a quarterback, which is scary, or what if you offered the pick to another team? Would you do that? Like what if the Chargers decide Justin Herbert's available? Or I'm thinking of another team that actually might be willing to move on from their quarterback. No, I don't know if the Chargers actually are, but what if not? Uh, not the only team I could think of. What if what yeah. if another quarterback like made their like? Who says no? The what I would do if I have the number one pick is I would trade it to someone I know that is going to be looking for a quarterback. Someone like the Patriots. Let's. Let's face it, Mac Jones and Zappi are not going to be it. Uh, you look at what's going on in New York, New York Jets. You know, you're going to try to get as much value as you can for that pick. And, you know, there's, there's only a handful of teams that are really looking for that franchise quarterback right now. And, you know, I mean, the Giants, really and truthfully, if I was a Giants GM, I would actually go with a quarterback. You have a crap situation with Daniel Jones contract and, you know, what do you yep. do? You get away from that. Go ahead and get another quarterback. So sad. My Eat wife it. was such a Giants. She likes rooting for all the teams that aren't the uh, Cowboys. It's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and because we live near Dallas, so we just both hate the Cowboys. All of her family loves them. We're just kidding. We guys hear all this Cowboys That's Super Bowl every year. This is the first year it might be legitimate in you know thirty almost years. But uh, cause seriously, they haven't. Other than that thirteen three season, they lost to the Giants. They haven't had a Super Bowl contending team in almost 30 years now, if we're being honest. Um, other than maybe the only other team might have been that Des team that lost to the Packers. They were, cause they could have won that divisional round. So maybe that time, right. but very few times have actually been there. Um, mm-hmm. like last year, they were legitimately San Fran was better. Um, yeah, you know, I like your idea of trading the pick. I do. If I wasn't trading it to get a quarterback back, the Giants, it's really sad with Daniel Jones what happened. Because not that he was a great passer last year, but they had a, they, they'd figured it out with crap receivers to how to make it work. And now they, I don't think I'd want him to come back. I, I don't know how much dead money he'd have on his, his salary this year, but I think I might just. Uh, he, he has a guaranteed 90 million on that contract. Oof, never mind. Not happening. That hurt. Yeah, and that's why I say <laughs> you can't it. stop them. You know, and uh, you know, I feel for Giants fans, but at the same time, they basically the way that I look at it 
is even though Daniel Jones had an okay year, it's it was strictly that. It was an okay year. He just had horrible years before it. And, you know, when you look at that and you're paying top dollar for mediocrity, you're basically making your own bed. You might as well sleep in it. Pretty much. Exactly. Okay. I got to ask you on the Lions. What do you think of them? Do you think they're for I, – I think that they've got some real problems on defense. Um, defensive coordinator, they've had some injuries, but uh, they look I, I I legitimately don't think anyone's scared of Detroit anymore. Um, like, I think teams would be lining up if they make the three seed to make that six to try to play them. Because otherwise you're going to be playing uh, either Dallas if they make it, Philly or San Fran. I think you'd be lining up to play Detroit at the three seed because the NFC South will be the four for sure. Unless Detroit just completely loses out. Um, and they'll probably beat Minnesota once or twice. So I don't think it's going to be the NFC South, and I don't trust them either. So I yeah. think whoever gets that six is going to be lining up to play Detroit and not scare that team at all. They look, they barely beat Chicago two weeks ago. They lost to Green Bay. Um, I think they're about to get a rude awakening against Dallas and Denver. Honestly, if we're being honest, I think Denver is going to beat them and Dallas. Well, no doubt. And what's crazy about it is when you look at their schedule and everything, of course, you know, they beat the Chiefs and everyone was like, whoa, you know, and they, they're Jones like, and Kelsey were out. Though. Yeah, that's true. But at like, that's time, huge. It is huge. But you're looking at their offense. I mean, they played beside y'all. I mean, y'all's defense is definitely coming up. Um, you look oh, at yeah. what happened with Baltimore where they lost 38 to six. Yeah, that was the first sign of trouble because they barely lost to Seattle early in the season. And then they took care of Atlanta. They took care of Green Bay, took care of Carolina. That doesn't mean nothing or Tampa. I'm sorry. Even early in the season, a little bit more I meant against Tampa, but Baltimore showed, Hey man, there are levels and you're not on our level, not even remotely close. And since then, they haven't really looked the same. They haven't had a legitimate win, in my opinion, because they beat the Raiders. I'm looking at their schedule. They beat the Chargers barely. Raiders, they, that was a decent win. I mean, not a great team, but they won by 12. They mm-hmm. barely came back against Chicago, and then they lost to Green Bay. They barely beat a Saints team. They've been like a team of two halves. They were up 21-0 in the first. They scored three touchdowns in like the first eight minutes of the game, and they almost blew that lead to the Saints. And then they got crushed by Chicago this week. And I think one of the other big problems other than the defense is golf. And I just, the guy turns into a pumpkin with pressure. His QBR and pressures, I can't remember how many weeks it's been now. I think it's been since the Baltimore game. Or the last, no, sorry, the last four games. His QBR under pressure is point, less than one, point six. Ooh. That's wow. Rough. Pumpkin Purdy. And- or sorry, not Purdy. Pumpkin. Purdy was a pumpkin last year in the NFC Championship, but that was an injury. Pumpkin golf. He just. <laughs> well, we can talk about, <laughs> talk about Cinderella and the fact that it feels like their their pumpkin is about to hit midnight. And the reason why is because when he left LA, a lot of people really wondered, you know, what's going to happen with golf when he went to Detroit. And I felt like whenever he's under a lot of pressure, he collapses. You look about what happened in the Super Bowl when they went up against the Patriots. I think it was the lowest scoring Super Bowl of all time. And he collapsed. 
And yeah, the first time that he was with Detroit, it, like they were really looking at him like, hey, dude, we're about to get rid of you. Now, they did the right thing this past offseason by trying to instill his confidence by waiting to the later rounds to get a quarterback when everyone was screaming, hey, you want to get a quarterback now. But, you know, he started off on fire. And last year, there was a key stat that I remember is when he played home games, at the time he had 24 touchdowns. He had 22 of those at home, two out of the way. So that's telling me when he's in a hostile environment, he cannot perform like you would think he should. I agree. It's been – I just don't believe in the guy long term. I just don't see it. Like, you nailed it on the head with that with the Super Bowl. Yeah, he got into the Super Bowl, but it wasn't him. It was a ridiculously talented okay. team. And he fell super short when Belichick proved you could scheme this guy. And because Belichick still knows defense, even now, even with this terrible team, they still they, – they've been fallacious on defense recently. If he just had a quarterback and, you know, wasn't his, the GM anymore. But, uh, save the Patriots stuff for another episode. But <laughs> yeah, like they just, I just don't believe in golf as a long-term quarterback. I just don't. I agree. When everything's rolling. He's good. With his offensive line, he can't really move. He sucks under pressure. It's kind of, it, it, fields can move, but fields under pressure also causes problems because then he fumbles. I can't believe it. I didn't think I was ever going to say this early in the season. Even this game right now, he doesn't look great. But it's not the best quarterback in the division by far and away. Right now, it's Jordan Love. And that's a problem for the for the, well, the Bears. Fields has played a little better, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> not consistently. And then golf is just kills you when your quarterback doesn't play consistently well. And if they're going to be taken seriously in the playoffs, I think they still win the division because – we looked it all up. I think we've got it. They have to lose one to Minnesota. And I, right now, I don't know if that's going to happen. Unless Minnesota's defense plays lights out like they did this week. Uh, they would, they, they'll probably lose one to Dallas or Denver. And then Green Bay would have to win out to win the division, which seems unlikely, even though our the schedule's easy. So it's probably not going to happen. They're probably still going to win the NFC North, but they look like one of those teams that's just going to be one and out in the playoffs unless they get an easy matchup. So. Is that going to be enough for Goff to keep his job next year? I think they'd be smart with all the talent they've got and that coach to go get a franchise quarterback and make that a priority. That's what I would do. And it might not be the only team in the division. It might be every team up Green Bay, sadly, which is nuts that that's the case again. I can't believe it. But the Bears might be quarterback hunting, maybe. Or I like your route of Harrison because then at least you're giving Field some weapons. So there's no excuses at all with DJ Moore and Harrison. That is stupid good at receiver because then you still have Mooney and Komet. So you are littered with weapons and they have decent running backs. Love Komet. Damn. You know? What's up? I said I love Cole Komet. So, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. I like Mooney, but I like him more of his at three more than anything. Exactly. So, so he'd be the, he'd be in the better slot for him. He's a, he's a slot receiver. He looks like a slot receiver anyways. So you'd right. have him in the slot. You'd have DJ Moore on the outside, Harrison there. I, then there's no excuses for fields. And if None. the glimpses we've seen this year continue to develop, then you'll know you've got a guy. So that would, that might be the best scenario because I don't see the quarterback either. I'd go, I would do exactly what you said and go Harrison. Because if you trade the pick away, you're losing the, uh, I wouldn't trade it. I think Harrison's worth the number one pick if he comes out. If he doesn't, different story, I'd trade it. But 
Otherwise, well, I'd keep that. I'd keep it. Well, well, even if Harrison is not there, what they could do is, you know, they can keep that that number one pick and get someone to help with the defense because we need pass rushers. Uh, but True. also, you look further down the road, there's a, another receiver that's been really good over in Washington, Rome Odeze, I think is his name, and he's just been lighting it up as well. So, And he's projected, I think, as a 10th pick so far this year. So that's True. possible too. Okay. All right, I think we good on our recaps. I'm thinking we get to our top fives and a few questions. Sound good? Sounds good. All right, okay. We, I know we went a little longer on this episode. I'm going to pull snippets out for the listeners. If you're still here, I appreciate it. I know it's a longer episode. Love you guys staying with us. Thank and, you. Uh, there will be some more polls on Twitter. And make sure you follow Shots from the Sideline. Okay. All right. And Okay, let's do – my first question, I think it's an easy one. Who's your best team in the NFL? Uh, it's easy to say it right now, but it's San Francisco. I mean, there's not a team right now that's been as dominant as they have in the last couple of weeks. I mean, they had that little slide where they lost three straight games in a row, starting with Cleveland, who is also a playoff contender. But right now, I mean, they've, you know, proofs in the pudding with who they've uh, beaten. I mean, they beat Philly, who is – was, in my opinion, was the number one contender for the championship this year at the beginning of the season. But they mm-hmm. absolutely smoked everyone that you would look at as a rival to them, the Cowboys, you know, the, the Eagles. They they beat them. And, you know, this past week, I think Seattle's given them the best fight in a long time. I agree. I think it's San Fran. They they just are – they're tough, man. On on, they've got playmakers all over that defense. They've got guys playing tough at corner, which is what you need when it looks like the strength of your defense is other places. Yeah, I'm going to their defense for a second because their defense is so legit. They've won five straight, and they only lost those three when Trent Williams and Debo were out, and they had some unlucky stuff happen. Um, they're second on offense, on defense, they're they're legit, and they've got playmakers all over. Getting Chase Young was really smart. I like that swing for them. I really do. They are first in points against in top 10 in yards on defense. They're eighth right now in total yards on defense. Pass defense is middle, but their rush defense is first. They create sacks. They get interceptions. Like we talked about earlier, they got playmakers everywhere. So I'm going San Fran. Okay. I think this one's easy. Who is the second best team in the NFL? Right now I'm going with the Cowboys. Yeah, me too, man. Hurts to say it, living in. Oh my gosh, it hurts. But also, it does. I, I do think there's a scenario they're capable of beating San Fran. Dak looks confident. I could actually see it. I think it's less than fifty-fifty. I think it's like forty, maybe thirty, because yeah. I think San Fran has their number. But I think they might just be ticked off enough to go in there and beat them, maybe. So yeah, I agree with you. It's Dallas. I I would say definitely. Okay. Mm-hmm. While we. We'll get to the rest of the questions in a second. Let's finish our top five in the NFC then, since the first two teams are definitely in the NFC. Who's three in the NFC? Even though they've been beaten pretty badly the last two weeks, I'm still going with the Eagles. I just think that they are trying to – they need to regroup, try to figure out exactly what their issues are, and then go back from there. They've just got too many playmakers on their offense, their defense – even though it's been struggling lately, is very young. Jalen Carter, like you discussed earlier, is a possible rookie of the year candidate uh, on defense. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, it really has to deal with what's going on with their linebacking core. And as soon as they figure that out, I think that they'll be a tough team. They won't be able to beat the 49ers. They may be able to give the Cowboys a run for their money. But right now, I would say the Eagles. I'm going to go Philly, too, despite their problems. And I'm worried they're not good enough to beat other te- the other two teams in the playoffs. I think they're a notch below. Their problems may be fixable. If they can get somebody healthy, I don't know what they're going to do at linebacker, but I think there's, while their linebackers really scare me and that passy is not good, if they could fix some of their stuff on offense and get the run game going and set up the pass, to set up the pass on offense, Phelan Carter can still make some plays and they've still got some talent. So I still think they're there, but I do think they're a notch below. Dallas has proved it and San Fran. They're definitely a notch below both those teams. Who would be four? This is where it really gets interesting. I'm really curious what you got here. This is tough. So it, it pains me to say this, but it's the Packers. I agree, even though they're not playing great against the Giants, but they've got a ton of injuries. I do think it's them. The only other team, I mean, the Rams are there or Detroit, and that's – I don't see anybody else. I don't believe in anybody from the NFC South. I'm sorry, Atlanta. I cannot put it. anyone. I, the cannot put I can't do it. I can't do it. Seattle's when, lost four straight. It's tough if they play people. I can't go say Seattle. They were six and three, and now they're down at six and seven. They're doing exactly what they did last year. Awesome. They're just falling apart in the second half. Yeah, yeah I got to go Green Bay too, which feels good to say. Uh, and then I'd go Detroit, uh, but I'm worried about Detroit. So I might even go Rams. I actually think there's a scenario. I'm actually starting to wonder if if it's if it's. Uh, so if it's Dallas, well, San Fran, Dallas, Philly, Green Bay, and then maybe the Rams over Detroit right now. Because the Rams' offense would give Detroit so many problems, and their defense is confident. I actually might make an argument for the Rams over Detroit, legitimately. I could see No, it. I could actually see that, too. I mean, the Rams, they've been, to me, a surprise. I didn't expect them to do this, especially when they had all those, you know, compensatory picks that they had in this past draft. They got a lot of young blood over there, and, you know, staff yeah. – Somehow his arm is still attached to him, and he's been he's been winging it. So they might be other than Green Bay, they might be one of my biggest surprises in the NFC. I think they are probably, which is shocking. But like you said, all that salary cap problems and all the draft picks, they landed some guys late. And like you said, Stafford's been, you know, solid. You- I think my I think my AFC biggest surprise is Denver, especially the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know you said it earlier too. I. I I think of another team in the AFC. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I got one. Well, they're still, you know, up and down. Houston. Oh, yeah. Even that, job, man. And, and the rookie head coach, they've really turned that team around. The fact that they're even in the playoff hunt after being, what, the worst team in the league last year? Pretty awesome. One of the worst. Three team, three wins. It's pretty good, man. They've already won four more games than last year, and the, they're going to finish at least eight and nine. And they got a rookie quarterback that was being mentioned in the MVP talk too. So that's a, that's ridiculous. D'Amico Ryan's has done such a good job with that team and still in some culture. I like what, what Campbell's done too, but I just worry there's a talent deficiency. But Detroit should have enough weapons to figure this out. They got Laporta, they got Brown, Jameson Williams. If he could figure it out, they've got Gibbs and Montgomery. It really makes you like really question golf when you look at all the other guys around. Can you imagine yeah. like, oh my gosh, if Jordan Love had those weapons? Oh, he'd be killing it. 
another throw like geez CJ Stroud with those weapons it'd be ridiculous man like Goff has no excuses no the defense isn't great but he's got playmakers everyone offense and the offensive line isn't bad they've just been getting beat up recently but um all right let's do the AFC is going to be tough AFC top five what you got number one Ravens Lamar Jackson, like I talked about earlier, he has the potential to be an MVP candidate if he increases his play right now. Defense has been a little splotchy, like you said earlier. But I think, if anything, with that receiving core, with the fact that Gus Edwards has been really filling in nicely as the main running back that they have, and Lamar Jackson, most importantly, not being injured right now, I think that right now they are the top dog in my eyes. I agree. I'm going Baltimore. Mark Andrews, like I said earlier, really scares me him being out, but they likely mm-hmm. just stepped up. So maybe that, you know, mitigates that problem. They've got Beckham, uh, really stepping up. They've still got Zay Flowers. Lamar Jackson, this might be the time to finally do it in the playoffs if that defense can hold it together. They probably are the best team in the AFC right now. Who, this is where it gets really fun. <laughs> At number two, I'm going to, I'll go full, full flop, flop, okay? Okay, go for it. Uh, I'm going to shock you. I think I'm going to go Buffalo. I think I'm going to go Buffalo. Okay, you did I think Buffalo's better. I think Buffalo's better than Miami. I don't love their, I don't love the way they keep losing early games, but remember how they played earlier this year? They just smashed them. I don't believe in KC. I don't believe in KC. Every time I believe in Jacksonville, they get just destroyed like they did against San Fran, and they just lost to uh, Browning. No, no, they lost. Jacksonville lost to Cleveland. I don't believe in them. I'm sorry. I just don't like Christian Kirk's out, and Lawrence is banged up, and I just don't see it with that team. Pittsburgh is... With that, I, I don't, they might lose the rest of their games. I'm, I'm done on them. <laughs> Cleveland, unless Joe Flacco can be consistent, I, I gotta see more before I can put them up at two. Um, Houston's too young. Denver might be another team. I like, I'm certain like them a lot. Um, Indy, you know, finds ways to win most of the time, but I don't really believe in them with Minshew. They might make the wild card. That coach might be a coach of the year candidate for real. Yes. But Cincinnati, I can't take them seriously without Burrow. Even Browning's playing well. I got, I gotta see more. I just ran out of teams. It's weird that they're all the way down there, but their point differential is 104, which is third in the AFC. And I think they're the toughest out. I'm going to, I can't believe it. I could see them beating any of those other teams other than Baltimore. I'm going to go through Buffalo at two, which is tough, but I'm going to do it. And that's your number two? Yep. I'm actually going to go with the Dolphins, and here's why. Uh, everyone, of course, knows their offense. Tua, you know, as long as Tua isn't getting crucified onto the ground and not getting any concussions, that offense is going to hum. But a lot of people don't realize that Jalen uh, Ramsey just came back on to the field about two weeks ago. And since he's been there, that defense has just been – um, I wouldn't say lights out, but definitely has st- stepped up and – you know, a lot of people already considered them a possible contender as they struggle with the, the Titans right now. But, you know, you look at their games, it's going to be really interesting the next four games. They got the Jets, the Cowboys, the Ravens, and the Bills. So 
Probably the four of the worst games you would want to go against right off the bat. <laughs> I mean, the I just, Jets. The only reason I couldn't go them is they hadn't beaten anybody real yeah. at all. They've been destroyed in those three games really badly. Um, right. And they did lose Phillips. But Ramsey coming back, their defense has been much better. Yeah. Um, that Buffalo-Miami game, man, is going to be informational. It'll be good. Well, even that is going to be interesting. I'll go Miami three, one below. I just I gotta see them beat a good team. It's kind of like the Dallas effect in the NFC. I gotta see them beat one real team to believe in them. The way they fell apart against the good, the bad teams, they just beat up the good. Well, sorry, we'll flip that. The way they just destroyed the bad teams and fell apart against the good teams, I gotta see one statement win, and then I'll believe. That's all. I, I just one would make me believe so much more. But Ramsey coming back has made a huge difference for them. It really has. Yeah. So I'll go Miami three. Who would be your three then? Right now I got the Browns. And you know that's a good uh, argument. That's a good one. It really is. Joe Flacco is just basically going to be your game managing, you know, quarterback that's nearing the age of retirement again. You know, he's about to get yeah. his AP card. And thirty eight, right? Yeah, he yeah he's close to me, <laughs> and uh, you know the way that you, when you look at the, what they got left over in their schedule, they got my Bears next, then they got the Texans, which could be a test, but we'll see what happens because we just watched the Texans just get blown out by the Jets. Then they got the Jets yep. and the Bengals, and you know right now I can look at this and say they can go three and one and clinch a spot at uh, eleven and six. And a lot of people figured that this team was dead in the water when Nick Chubb had that horrific injury and Jerome Ford has basically stepped on in and has just produced since he's been the starter this year. So with that defense and an offense that can, you know, squirt every now and then, especially this past week against the Jaguars, I think that they actually have a decent chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, they've been one of the – Tougher defenses in the NFL. Looking at them, they are something. They are well, they're the five seed right now, but they're unlikely to catch Baltimore, so they're probably going to be the five seed, which would mean they play Jacksonville, which they just beat them. So they just proved they're capable of that. Yes, Lawrence was hurt, but still, that defense is for real, man. It really is. Uh, you know, Chubb going out really hurt them, but Ford is still giving them something of that identity. And I mean, when I look at them, they're, they've given up more points recently. Yes. In some games, but that defense still looks to me when they're at their best, possibly top five. And if Blacko can just be decent, I mean, they've still got Cooper. They've got some weapons on offense. Can he just be? You know, competent enough to see it, to to keep them afloat to make the playoffs and be with that defense, especially the way he played early in the season, a scary out. So I get you on the three. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. So I went. My top three were Baltimore, Buffalo, Miami. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna go Cleveland four for the same. But we just talked about it, but yeah, I'll go Cleveland four. I think they're, 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 I believe in them more than some of the other teams right now. I don't see anybody from the AFC South making, unless Jacksonville figures it out, making some playoff noise. I'm not sure if anybody from the AFC West will, except for maybe Denver. 
but they still have a negative point differential in the season, if you can believe that, the way they started early on. But uh, yeah, I'll go Cleveland next. Who you got? Who's your four team? I got the Bills. You had them in your top five. Yeah. There you go. I knew you were gonna. I was like, I bet he will. I bet he will. <laughs> yeah, they're a little one-dimensional, but yeah. What do you do? You think they can actually scare some of those higher teams? If they are playing in Buffalo, like if it's in the playoffs and they are actually able to get into the walk uh, or even take their division, I mean, they're only a couple games behind Miami. And Miami's yep. got one heck of a schedule that they actually got to go against later on down the road. But if they yep. actually – if you're playing in Buffalo, I think it would be a lot tougher with the cold aspect. You know, of course, there might be snow and everything. But they could scare someone. I don't know with their offense, uh, their defense, but their offense to me can scare you at times. It just, you know, it's just one of those things, you know, can Josh Allen find another playmaker like we talked about earlier outside of Stephon Diggs? True story. Good. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It looks like maybe it'll be James Cook. Maybe they'll get creative and use him in the passing game. Maybe that'll actually open some stuff up. I don't even, I'm going to be honest with you. I know who Buffalo's third receiver is because I play fantasy, but you wouldn't really know him because he's not doing anything. And the tight end is not and great. They need, it's like Dallas had to have other guys step up and Buffalo is not getting those other guys to step up. They still make big plays with those, with the trio of Cook, Diggs, and Allen because they're just so good, the three of them, but you got to have more than that in today's NFL. So that's going to be something Buffalo's going to have to fix in the uh, playoffs and maybe they can scheme Gabe Davis open a little bit, but. I agree with you. You know what's funny? In my five, I'm not even going to go KC. I'm going to go Denver, the way they're playing. I think they're a tougher team right now than KC. I really do. Even with KC's defense. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll figure it out in the playoffs, but I just don't believe in KC right now at all. This receiver thing is just totally undoing their entire team. It really is. Who do you have five? Also Denver. Uh, KC <laughs> didn't make the top five. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I think Russell Wilson, he had an incredible back, you know, he could be a comeback player of the year, uh, candidate yeah. this year. Yeah. Uh, he could. you know, after the, you know, the disaster that was last year with Hackett, you know, I didn't think that they would really be in the position right now to be challenging for the playoffs, but it just yeah. shows how good of a coach Sean Payton is to actually elevate his level of play, especially with the fact that, you know, they lost three of their top four receivers at the beginning of the year. And, mm-hmm. you know, they, I think they finally got Judy back, but they had, you know, uh, Cortland Sutton for the whole season. Oh, and Sutton's been awesome, man. He's yeah. made some big plays for him. He really has. I wish they could figure out Judy, but Russell Wilson has been good, and the defense has played better. I feel like the biggest thing is, Wilson and, and Peyton finally got on the same page a little bit. I think it's really helped. You know what I mean? But Ken, yeah. I don't, we're going to find out how real they are over the next few weeks if they really are going to push KC. You know what I mean? Well, they got, they got lines next. Then they got, uh, two games that are very winnable. Of course, they just beat the Chargers, but they get them again in three weeks. They got the Patriots in between. And they're at Las Vegas after that. So you're looking at possibly 4-0, maybe 3-1. Nice. Okay, I've got a couple more things before we go. And, man, I really appreciate you doing this. I've, I've had a lot of fun. I think we should do it again. Yes, sir. Uh, 
I I think in the offseason, you had a really cool idea for uh, Alliance Vikings Bears Packers. So if there's any, um, we got a Packers and a Bears resident here. If we got any Vikings and Lions people that want to come on and do a four person pod, I'd be more than game. We only need four more subscribers on YouTube, one football yeah. pod to hit 50, and then we can do a live show with everybody. But, um, okay, I got, I got two more questions that are non divisional, and then I want your division predictions, and then we'll, uh, we'll boogie to go watch the end of this Packer game where they're losing to the stupid Giants. I just can't even. Just, I was slightly, there's like an underlying thing where I was like, what if they fall flat tonight? And I kept thinking about it. And I think they did too, because they, it's really hard when you've had some big wins as a young team to mm-hmm. take a team that should be, you think should be a doormat seriously. And I was a little concerned about that. So, because the Giants, I mean, in all reality, probably should be a doormat. They sometimes rise up and fight, but yeah. Oh, I'm trying to just avoid the score because it's making me mad. Okay, here's my question. Which team is more broken, Jacksonville, Philly, or KC? Which one do you think has the most issues? I'm going to go with KC simply because of what you saw what happened in this past game against the Bills. When you got your leader sitting out there and basically chewing out his team and, you know, you're sitting there, you're blaming the refs for a call that happened. You know, the guy yeah. was lined up in a neutral zone. I mean, right yeah. now, and that's the main reason to be honest, not in my top five. Yeah, huh? I agree with you. Not even the top five in the AFC. That wasn't even top five for the NFL. They weren't even the top five for their conference. And we were able to make legitimate arguments for the other teams. That's sad, man. I agree with you. It was a bad look from Mahomes. I don't like it. He's gotten way too many calls over the years. We talked about it off air before. This is bold, man. Like, Shut up. Let Allen deserve a win against you that he earned. So shut it. I don't want to hear it. I think this is going to just feed this Chiefs. People hate dynasties. And if you want to call them a dynasty, they've won. They have really been. They've been, they won two Super Bowls and they've been great. And this year they're not. And shut up and figure it out. Sorry. Don't, don't complain about the rats. I'm sorry. I mean, yes, that was a bad PI in that Packers game, but they made two terrible calls against the Packers before. And if we're being honest, and the way your receivers were looking, I'm not sure you would have punched in the end zone anyways. Hopefully not. Definitely. So. <laughs> um, we already kind of talked Browning and Baltimore. So I think we got rid of, I think we got through most of my other questions. Um, okay. Let's do a fun little segment. Cause uh, I just gotta, I gotta hear your thoughts on this. Who do you think wins the ESC? I'm going to toss the Jets and the Patriots out. Obviously I don't see a Jets four game winning streak. And everybody else falling apart. Do you think Miami wins that division or do you think Buffalo? Let me look at the schedule again. Yeah, I got to look at both. Guess I'll read Miami's to you. They play the Jets this week in Miami. They play Dallas in Miami. They go to Baltimore and they go to Buffalo. Or sorry, they play Buffalo in Miami. That's freaking brutal. That's tough. Yeah, no, that's a rough one. And they got a two-game lead on Buffalo right now. I think because of that, and just to be honest, because of the fact they're two games up right now, and the Bills have the Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, and Dolphins, I think that Miami actually will actually keep that uh keep atop of the AFC East. Okay, so I'm thinking Miami loses to. I think Miami loses to one of Dallas or Baltimore, and I think Buffalo. 
might actually. I mean, Buffalo if did. Buffalo, so- if Buffalo loses to Dallas, but then they beat the Chargers and Patriots, their mm-hmm. best case scenario is ten and seven. If they were to beat Miami, which I think they can, it comes down to if you think Buffalo can beat Miami. Because if they did, they'd be ten and seven, and then Miami would, in my opinion, would probably beat the Jets. They'd probably lose to the Cowboys. I think they lose to the Cowboys. Do they beat Baltimore? They're gonna have to beat Baltimore just to win that division. Because if they lose three, mm-hmm. then they're down to ten and seven themselves. Not nuts. If they when win, Miami the does have Bills at the end of the season. I'm gonna be honest. That's a tough schedule. I'm actually gonna go Buffalo wins that division. I think my unless I'm wrong about Miami, mm-hmm. but Miami isn't beating anybody good all season. If we're just being honest, they haven't beaten a team yeah. with a winning record. Other than Denver, and mm-hmm. that's it. And their three losses, they got smashed by Buffalo, beat pretty bad by Philly, and they lost close to KC. That was closer, but I, KC has not been that great. If they can't handle Dallas or Baltimore, then that Buffalo game is going to be for the division. And I think Buffalo could be better. Weirdly, but Miami Z has been better. So I'll, I'll, I'll say that I think they'll figure out one of those Dallas Buffalo games, but it does concern me. I think it's food for thought. Okay. What's the other division you think is most likely to get? Let's say, let's make it fun. Which one do you think is most up in the air? I think Baltimore wins at AFC North, personally. Um, the most up in the air to me is the NFC South because you got three, six and seven teams and it just doesn't look like no one wants to win it. Yeah, we'll go back to the AFC. I'm a little worried about the AFC South. I could see India or Tennessee. I could see not Tennessee, sorry. I could see India or Houston stealing it from Jacksonville. And I could see Denver usurping KC, but yeah, we'll go to the we'll go to the uh Oh yeah, who wins that division? If we, if well, Carolina's at, out. <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> yeah. that's tough. I'd have to look at all their schedules. I don't even know. So the Colts are actually playing the Texans at the very end of the year, and they have some tough games with the, uh, the Steelers and the Falcons, tough because of their defense. And the Raiders have been playing a lot better with Antonio Pierce as their head coach, who I think – Oh, yeah. They really have. I mean, losing 3-0 sucks, but at least they're a competent team. Yeah. He might well, get that head play, coaching but, job next year, maybe. Yeah. That's tough, man. I don't think it's Jacksonville. I was thinking Houston would come back, but they've been up and down too. I that 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 might be in the AFC. That might be the hardest call because there's three teams. I I just don't even know. And they're all and right. I don't really and I don't really love all three of them. I mean, Houston's no. one of my biggest surprises, but I don't really love all three. I personally wouldn't think it'd be Indy, but then they'll come out and win a stupid game. You know, <laughs> like <sighs> that's tough. I think because I like the quarterback the best and the coach, I like Houston. Um, I'm not a massive Lawrence guy. He's all right, but mm-hmm. he's decent. But and I like Peterson, but I guess because it's I don't know is Kirk coming back for Jacksonville because they need no him he's back. on the IR. But is he's like year not for four games. Well, still Ooh. it's still the four games. Yeah, I think it's four games. He's the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. They're playing the Ravens next week, and then. Uh, the Buccaneers will give them a little challenge, and then it's, uh, you know, Carolina. And then you have uh, the Titans at the very end, which the Titans have a great defense. You know, hopefully, 
you know, in their case, hopefully Trevor Lawrence doesn't re-sprain that, uh, that ankle again. Yeah, that's tough. Okay, let's come back to the NFC South. We'll look at the uh, NFC South really quick. We'll do the South, okay? Because I think the NFC West has wrapped the NFC East. It's either going to be Dallas or Philly. It's going to be fun. Dallas is technically on top right now, but it's not. They're not because Philly would own the tiebreaker. NFC North, I mean, the Lions have to lose one to Minnesota. I think that's unlikely. And Green Bay's freaking losing to the Giants right now. So they have to win out and then have Detroit lose to Dallas or Miami, which I think they're likely to. It's either Dallas or Miami. I think that's and Minnesota ain't going to do And then and they got to they got to lose one to Minnesota, so that's unlikely. So yeah, let's yeah. do the NFC South. Okay, so the Bucks. Yeah, this, this is such a trash division. The only team with a positive point differential are the Saints. But I'm just going to be honest with you. I really don't buy the Allen car combo at all. This is tough. Tampa's actually won two straight. They're the hottest team in the division. Yeah. You know, and uh, as far as the Saints go, I think really and truthfully, that's going to be one of those head coaches that, you know, Dennis uh, Allen getting axed. In the off season, uh, him, better, San Diego. I could even see Arthur Smith and Atlanta getting axed too. But right now, I mean, Atlanta just to me feels like it gets held back by Desmond Ritter as far as his throwing, not necessarily his running, but his throwing. Yeah, he's not a quarterback. Yeah. Do you know that there's actually got too much talent? There's a spicy rumor for you, Isaac. Uh, how about they're saying that the Fields might get trade? There's going to be trade rumors with Justin Fields to either the, the Falcons and the Steelers. Oh, I like both those teams. Although I don't really love Pittsburgh's playmakers. I mean, Dante Johnson's okay, and Pickens can make some plays. I think a lot of it's Pickett, but I think the Steelers, outside of, I like Jalen Warren. They need to overhaul that entire offense, in my opinion. If I was a quarterback, I'd, while well, you got to like Pittsburgh's D, I'd want to go to Atlanta. With all those weapons, you got two running backs. You got Drake London. If you can just figure out how to throw the ball at all, you got Kyle Pitts. Just wow, yeah, that would be. I would want to. I would want to go there. Even though I like Mike Tomlin, um, they don't really know how to draft on offense at all in Pittsburgh. Atlanta gets playmakers galore. Their line isn't great, but that'd be a fun job as a quarterback in my opinion. I, Justin Fields to Atlanta. If he's got anything as a quarterback at all and can stop fumbling, literally. <laughs> if he could hold on to the ball. If he could just hold on to the ball, they'd be a 9-8 and eight team at worst. They've got so much talent on offense. If Kyle Pitts has anything, if Drake London has anything, they could probably use another receiver, but they've got two running backs. Their defense is solid. They look not quite as tailor-made. They need a quarterback as the Jets, but they're pretty close. Like, yeah. the Jets have a hell of a D, and Wilson and Brees Hall, but yeah, yeah, man, Atlanta, Atlanta, I think, would be number one for me, where if they get a quarterback, they could be for real, over yeah. the Jets, even. Yeah. Because the Jets don't have a second receiver or a tight end. Uh, while I love Brees Hall, he's electric, and Wilson is. Rodgers just brought all those stupid, because he's so loyal, and I think he likes excuses. He brought all those crap receivers over with him. Um, Lazard <laughs> and Cobb. They don't have anything other than Garrett Wilson. Um, so I don't know if I'd want to just have one receiver. Um, but Brees Hall is special. I, I think I'd pick Atlanta. 
and that would be a fun place for Fields to go. If Chicago really decides to offload him and draft quarterback, and or just get some picks recouped and draft, mm-hmm. you know, just same thing, draft a quarterback and draft Harrison, that'd be fun. I kind of think they might do your other idea though and draft Harrison, draft other guy, other positions, and just give Fields another year. But it does make me wonder. After two and a half years, we haven't seen a ton, just glimpses, if he really is ever going to be a Pro Bowl-level quarterback. I don't know. It's nice to not know and say no. It's better than a hard no, but it's I'm definitely still leaning, though. I've seen more glimpses this year, but it still hasn't been enough consistently. Kind of like Jordan Love, he's been really up and down, too. Right now, I mean, he's either been great or starting. Yeah. Which makes me feel a little better, and he's playing with one of the most inexperienced offenses in NFL history, so that makes me feel a little bit better. But um, I think I'm going to go Atlanta wins the division. Uh, but what scares me is that they have three teams on the road, and Indy's going to be tough at home, but I think they'll win that game and they'll win Carolina. So they'll be eight and seven, and then they'll have Chicago. So which Chicago team's going to stand up, and then they have the Saints. I think eight might win the division, and they're already a guy. I've got them at eight. If they can split between the Bears and Saints, I think I'm going to go Atlanta wins that division. I think they still have the most talent, but, man, they're a frustrating team. What do you think? Well, right now I'm looking at the other two teams. Saints have, you know, because you got division matchups on the end. The, You know, the first two, the first game that they have is the Giants, which they'll probably win that one. But then they have the Rams, the Bucks, and the Falcons. And two of those games are away. And that's the Rams and Buccaneers. Uh, right now, I'm looking at the, the Falcons real quick. I'm leaning towards Mm -hmm. the Buccaneers right at the second because I just like their offense. And, you know, oh God, Panthers right off the rip. Um, that's a win. Uh, to keep it fun, I'm going to go with the Buccaneers. <laughs> yeah, that would be my second team. I actually don't think – I don't believe in Saints at all, even though they've got a positive point differential. I don't see it. So, yeah, I could see that. I really could. That's a fun debate. Um, let me look at their schedule really quick. They've got – um. I'm on Buffalo. Hold on, let me get to the Bucks. They got your Packers next. Then they have the Jaguars. Depends on which Packers team shows up. My Packers are freaking losing right now, aren't they? Still? I'm trying to avoid the score until we, we hop off. Don't look. Don't look. Don't look. They're losing, right? 14 to 10 still? Yeah. And they got the Saints, who is one of my more disappointing teams this year. And then they got the Panthers. 13 Packers are now 14-13, so I'll catch the oh. fourth quarter. Well, I'm not missing much. I'd be mad. I'd be, my blood pressure would be going up. <laughs> um, yeah, man. I don't know. The Bucks are weird. Like, is, is Baker going to make enough plays to figure that out? That's a tough one, you know? If there is like, a team that Baker could have went to in this offseason that fits him, it's the Buccaneers. Oh, absolutely. I just don't think he's a long-term starting quarterback. Sorry, Baker. I want to reform. He's been, he's been fun. Last year when he went to the Rams and had that comeback, that was one of my favorite moments of the season. It was so cool, but I just don't think sustain like he's sustainably a NFL starter. Personally, I just don't. Uh, it's not all of his fault. It's that they're six and seven, but he hasn't been 
he's actually been okay statistically this season, but if you really watch, it's been they haven't been able to run the ball, so they're inconsistent running. He does have 20 TDs on the year and eight picks. Um, he's averaging only 225 yards a game, which isn't great. He's taking 20 sacks, which isn't bad. He's been all light. He's in this week in the NFL with quarterbacks. He might even be a top half guy because we're probably heading towards an NFL record in starters. It's we're at over 55 starting quarterbacks now, which is nuts. Um, on the season, but. That's what happens when you have. Yeah, four. you know it might be the Bucks if Green Bay doesn't show up. But if they win that game, they have Jacksonville and the Saints. It's going to be those interdivisional games that's going to decide the NFC South. It really is. This is the most time, just so you know, Ed. This is the most time I've spent on the NFC South all season. I've avoided it. <laughs> <laughs> I really uh, have. Okay, so you got. Man, I'd avoid it too. <laughs> so you got Tampa. I got Atlanta. Okay, let's go to the. Um, ASC South, and then I think we'll uh, do our final sign-up, okay? Yep. We got... Because, I mean, Denver may catch KC, but that's a two-man race. Dallas, like we talked about, Dallas has a tough, tough schedule, and they need Philly to lose one, which they made in Seattle, but Philly's got a cupcake schedule. So Philly's more likely, even though they've been sliding to win the division. Detroit's still probably most likely to win the NFC North. And I think the 49ers definitely got the NFC West locked up. So that's the NFC. Um, in the AFC, Baltimore is going to win. We already talked to Miami Buffalo. It's mm-hmm. either KC or Denver. That could be really interesting between those two. Probably still KC's got a one point lead, one game lead, but it's going to be interesting. That AFC South, Tennessee's out. We got Jacksonville eight and five. Indy at seven and six and Houston. And I would lead Houston, even though they're a game behind, but let's look at their schedule. They play Tennessee, nice. Cleveland, Tennessee, Indy. I think Tennessee, maybe. Okay, let's look at the other two. Uh, we got, that's interesting. We got Jacksonville's got Baltimore, which I think is a loss for them, for Jacksonville. They go to Tampa. That could be tough. Carolina at Tennessee. So they lose at least one, maybe two. And then Indy has – they just lost the game they needed to win badly. They play Pittsburgh. They probably win that one. They go to Atlanta. I think it's a – Probably lose that one. Raiders, and then I think they're losing to Houston in Indy. But if they, that, that, that could be the division right there. Maybe Jacksonville still does win it because they I – I still see a loss for Jacksonville, maybe two. But they've just been up and down, so – Ten and seven definitely is going to steal that division, but maybe nine and eight. But then you're also looking at all the wild cards too. I mean, you got five, six teams in the AFC right now that are seven and six, which is nuts right now. The wild card is Indy. Yeah. Houston loses the tiebreaker. Denver is the next one. Cincinnati and Buffalo, and yeah. we got some brutal, brutal schedules down the stretch. It's going to be interesting. And the NFC, the, you know, it's a little more defined, but it ain't much. No. I still think Green Bay climbs into a wild card. They have an easy schedule, but they are struggling with the Giants. So who the heck knows? I would lean Green Bay and the Rams steal the two wild cards behind Philly. Or, sorry, it says Philly right now, but behind Dallas at the five. I think uh, Green Bay will be the six. 
uh, if they can win this stupid game. If they go six and seven, you know, it'll be another story. I think the Rams sneak into that other wild card, but let's look at the Rams schedule really quick. The Rams play the Commanders. They should win. They should win. The Saints. They should win that one, but that's tougher. The Giants, they should win. And then the 49ers don't lose. 49ers don't lose that. Let's say they win three, that they go nine and eight, that, that should get it. They should. Because Minnesota, I don't believe in Minnesota at all. So. No. No, not they, with Dobbs. They're done. They and benched him. Justin Jefferson just got hurt. Did they bench him in that game? Did Justin Jefferson? No, did they bench Dobbs in that last game? I don't know. I wasn't able to watch it. They should have. I mean, when it's three to nothing against. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta look because in my, in that other show, Oh, so I should have said this earlier. I was on the Frozen Tundra Network. That was awesome. I'm going to give them a shout-out. Yeah, right. got benched. Um, was it? Yeah, that's what I thought. They benched him because they they molded. And Nick Mullins got more run and was way better than Dobbs. Dobbs was 10-23. He's totally lost it. This guy went from making – he if he kept playing the way he was playing, he was going to get 10 million plus a year. Now he's going to struggle to get three, seriously, the way he's played recently. How much does it have to suck to be a fan of that game and watch the competition between Nate Mullins and Aiden O'Connell? I mean, <laughs> let's just be real on that. And I mean, what the heck has happened to Josh Jacobs, man? Is he one of the biggest fantasy disappointments on the year? Like, dang. Dude, he's on a milk carton. He's lost in action. I mean, he's what just. What happened, man? Wow. Seriously, this guy. Go from leading the NFL to being not being the guy, but being a guy. Yeah, seriously, I agree. Hey, uh, if I get to fifty, I'd love to do a live show with you because I think the live ones are fun longer. Um, yeah. This was a blast, man. Do you have anything you want to say about your show before we hop off? Yeah, I mean, if anyone enjoyed what I said, and you know, of course, Isaac will be doing some stuff with us too, hopefully. And absolutely. Uh, you know, um, one, of the things, one of the things I actually talked about Isaac about us doing in the future is I want to do an all-time fantasy football draft. We're talking from the 1980s all the way up to today, and we'll have a couple of wild cards with some of the players in that one. But basically, you could draft, you could pair up Jerry Rice with Tom Brady if you wanted to. Uh, but yeah, I think it'd be really fun putting it up on a poll, see who you know what people think would be the best team, and we'll probably have like six of us to do it. I'm so. having I'm having a lot of fun on fantasy with the polls. So that is or with on X with the polls. So that's gonna be a blast, man. That'll be a lot of fun. Right? We we're gonna do that this offseason. That'll be cool. Maybe we'll even do a, a live show of that if you uh if you'd be game. That might oh, be fun. Because we're at forty six now, so I only need four more and I think I can get it by, you know, March or whenever we do it. So, so um, yeah man. No, sorry, go ahead. If you wanted to get some of your frozen tundra guys on there, I mean, they can make fun of me. I mean, I'm a Bears fan, you know. <laughs> oh, hey, they might be uh, a little ruthless. <laughs> they go at it, man. They're like, hey, 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 you're a Bears fan. Bears suck. <laughs> In the intro, Mon Green says Bears still suck. I love it. <laughs> I love it, man. Hey, this was a lot of fun. Uh, check yeah. out Shots from the Sideline. Listen to it. It's an awesome show. He'll be back on for more um, here, and I'm going to be joining him on his show. This was a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll be – I was on the Frozen Tundra Network. I'll be back on there on Saturday. 
uh, Crispy Media. I'm going to be on there on Saturday as well. Um, the Foxborough Fellows podcast might come on for a guest on here uh, next week as well. Lots of guest stuff lined up. It's been a lot of fun. Um, this was our longest show, but I honestly, I had a blast. That was really cool. Um, please subscribe. I want to do, I think it'd be more fun live to have comments and that people, you know, chiming in. I think it would be more fun, but, um, man, thanks for spending time. I appreciate it a lot. And, uh, thank you everyone for listening. Please go subscribe to the sh- shots from the sideline. What are you all on? You guys are on, I know you have Spotify. Um, uh, and Twitter. Spotify. anywhere else? Facebook? Uh, Radio, uh, Google, Apple. I mean, pretty much anywhere where you get your podcast at. And typically we do uh, have chapters in ours because we have an hour and a half show and it will divvy it up. So you don't have to listen to us all at once. Just take us some bite sizes. That's what I'm fun. trying to do. If I, When I do longer, I'm going to do some shorter ones with Bill, but I'm trying to do – I'm experimenting with shorts on YouTube and – everywhere else because I'm noticing people don't listen to the entire time. Like I'm betting no one listened for the full hour and 55 minutes, but you know, whatever, except for my dad, he will, cause he's a nut for sports like I am. But awesome. uh, yeah, let's listen to little bits. We had a blast um, before the end of the season. I'd love to have you back on and see how our, our division races panned out. I think that'd be really fun. We'll see what, we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, check out the fun football pod on YouTube X. Um, I made a Facebook. I put it on Linktree, Instagram, TikTok. I'm on all the socials now. Um, it's also on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple. Is, I know a big one. Google Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts. And uh, thank you all for listening. This was Lucky Jordan number, episode 23. There are two more episodes this week. It's a triple header week. I've got the pick episode with Bill on Wednesday. Um I'm going to do some fantasy shorts for the week, though. And Thursday, we're going to do a college pick em. All 42 games, we're in a pick em pool. Uh, it might be a doubleheader, but there'll be an episode on, on Thursday as well. So I might put it on Friday, but it'll be out before the bowl game. So, Ned, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, thanks for being on, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me.